Welcome to Catalytic Conversations. I'm Wendy Dickinson with Ascend Coaching Solutions. I'm a business coach who works with clients at the intersection of life and business. Today, we have a really great conversation lined up for you guys. Um, Karen Larson of HR Tabs and Deb Willis of PPG Solutions are joining me in talking with Will and Rob Norman of Norman Company, Inc. in Richmond, Virginia. Norman Company, Inc. are general contractors, and they are considered essential workers. And during this time of COVID, when there's been so much bad news, we actually thought it would be great to get together with these guys because not only are they up and running, but they have put in place policies and procedures to keep everybody safe. And believe it or not, they have jobs going on um, long-term care facilities. And so we'd like to talk with, with Rob and Will tonight about the impact of COVID on their businesses, the things that they've done, and maybe you listeners will have the opportunity to get some ideas about how to be agile enough when whatever happens in the future happens. So welcome, Rob and Will. Thank you. It's good to be here. Likewise. Great. Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at Norman and a bit about Norman Company, and then we'll have Will do the same. Sure. Well, um, so I, my role here is director of business development, uh, which includes marketing. Um, and essentially, I'm actually the newest family member. We're, we're family business, and I'm the newest family member to join the business. Um, we are a commercial construction company, uh, general contractor. Uh, we've been in business uh, in the Richmond area for over 22 years now. And um, we build a lot of different kinds of things, a lot of different kinds of buildings, and we do renovation work as well. And, um, you know, we specialize in, well, I shouldn't say specialize, but we a lot of our work is done in, in the healthcare industry, uh, as well as uh, we do a lot of municipal work. We do a lot of uh, religious buildings, churches, um, and, you know, we've done historic type work. So we do a lot of different kinds of, of building projects. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I joined this company last year after spending a, a long time in the corporate world. So it's, it's good to be working in the family business. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Rob. Will, tell us about what you do at Norman Company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, currently, I'm vice president of construction, which is basically just means that I focus on once we get work to get together. My real focus is to safely put together a plan to execute said work and to manage the general construction process. Uh, like Rob said, just to harp back on some of the things Rob said, it is fun. We're family. We do like to like to point out some of the idiosyncrasies. Rob is, uh, has been a Norman a lot longer than I have, but he was the newest Norman in Norman company. Mm. But uh, again, he's great. They're very glad to have him people like Rob, he really helps bridge the gap between the construction personnel, such as myself, mm -hmm. and the general populace. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you both so much for being with us tonight. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Well, let's jump into our conversation. Karen, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I'd like to do that. Um, and for either one of you, I'm not sure. Let's, I guess we can start off with Rob. Um, I'm interested to find out what impact that uh, this COVID pandemic has had on your business. Well, um, you know, I think this has been uh, an unusual time for for us and for everyone that's been navigating through this 
experience. Yeah. Um, the impact on us, I think, has been varied. It's 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 really been more of a, a mix in terms of from a financial standpoint. Um, you know, we've had some projects that have been impacted uh, in terms of their start times. Uh, we have one big project that we expected to start here in the second quarter that was delayed because of uh, funding issues with funds being tied up in the stock market and that sort of thing. The drop in the stock market has certainly had an impact on on um, you know companies that are relying on those funds for building projects. So in that regard, we have had you know some project delays um, or startups. On the other hand, though, we've had, you know, two projects that have actually have started up in the middle of all this. So it's, um, you know, and, and in that same time, we've actually hired two additional staff when, you know, companies are laying off and there's been a lot of unemployment. So it's really been mixed for us. Um, you know, I think being in the commercial construction industry, it's an industry that fortunately for us, it, it has not been impacted as much as say the service industry or other industries that have a lot of direct com uh, contact with the general public. And um, so, you know, but at the same time, we've had had to uh, make a lot of changes in terms of, you know, how we do business and, you know, the, the impact in terms of the procedures and the protocols and the safety measures that we've taken on our job sites and things of that nature. Um, one of the first things we did when we realized that this was becoming a, a crisis and, mm. and a, you know, a, a not just national, but a global issue. Right. Uh, one of the first things we did was we actually put together an action plan that outlined, you know, our response uh, and included all kinds of things with that. Um, some of them were educational in the sense of fact sheet and guidelines that we put together for employees so that we made sure that they understood what was going on, uh, what the impact was, uh, things that they could do to protect themselves and, and for their own safety. Um, and then we also, you know, initially there was some kind of a question about PPE, about personal protective equipment, about face masks and things like that. Right. But we went ahead and and we acquired uh, personal protective equipment uh, specifically for our, for our field employees to use at job sites. Mm. Um, we even we even came to a point where we realized that we might need more face masks than were available, so we we actually bought a three D printer and started making our own face masks. Wow, that's um, brilliant for the field employees and for ourselves and for, for the office staff as well. So, um, yeah, what uh, Will just said, we actually uh, sent some to the frontline healthcare workers uh, oh, as well. Awesome. We had uh, additional supplies and we wanted to make sure that some of the frontline healthcare workers, actually family members that work in, in that uh, area in in different parts, not mm -hmm. just here in Richmond, but in, in Florida and elsewhere. Wow. So we provided supplies to them as well. But but um, but really, it's just, you know, we took a lot of different measures in that regard. Um, and, you know, so how we work has been, I think, the biggest impact, you know, mm -hmm. having a lot more meetings like this, these virtual right. um, online web-based meetings. We, um, you know, we, we started having a lot more of those within the office and also with their clients and, um, you know, and outside of the office as well. So, um, so those are some of the things I've seen. 
Did you also have uh, part of the workforce that had to go remote as well? And you've also hired some people, which is unusual in this uh, pandemic time. Most have been laying off or furloughing rather than hiring. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we, we did um, have to, to minimize the office staff that we had. We, we did have some of our employees uh, stay at home and work remotely um, just to minimize the risk to them. And, and, you know, so that we can try to practice to some degree social distancing. Um, and uh, as far as our job sites, you know, a lot of you know employees there in the field. And actually, I should let Will talk about this more. I mean, Will is... In really his his role is project management and managing the, the folks in the field. And so, you know, when it comes to job sites, we did a lot of things there to, to make sure that our employees were, were safe and protected. So, Will, you want to... I was very curious about that, too. So I'm glad you brought that up, Rob. And I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, Will. Uh, being that I am very involved in the healthcare community and work with many facilities in addition to working with their healthcare benefits. I also help them get the first line people. Um, you know, I'm very, I'm very familiar with some of the challenges that they are having. So I love the fact that you all, I hear you focusing on doing some uh, renovations on some of the healthcare facilities has that created any kind of extra fear or any kind of extra concern for your staff, or have they just, with the education and the PPEs that you've provided them, um, that is sort of par for the course? This is changing times for everybody. Stepping outside your normal boundaries to be able to ensure that the processes that you follow are the processes that will give some um, trust to the people that you're trying to do the jobs for. Is that correct? That's absolutely, it's absolutely correct. That the, one of the primary, first and foremost focus of all of that, and across all of our jobs is definitely safety. Uh, but right there with it is that perception of safety. Because people, we focus on not just for our clients, but also for our, our team members, which includes our direct employees, as well as our subcontractors and other team members that are really kind of extended family to us, that they not only need to be safe, but they also need to feel safe, which presents a whole separate challenge that comes along with them. We have had um, instances from the that just perception side where people have uh, showed up um, at a site and... Um, Maybe just they, they drove all the way out to the site, and then you know, I just don't feel comfortable uh, going in. So we've had people sit out in their car and call and say, hey, I just really need you to run through some of this with us again. And, you know, it takes so more instances that revolve not around safety. Everything has been very safe and very comfortable there. It's really around the perception. This is the biggest battle that we face, both with our clients and with our own team. Um, it really is very much like you said, it focuses around that trust. With our clients, our primary focus, and I think one of the ways we were able to stay ahead of it is, um, again, we're, you know, we're a bunch of Boy Scouts. We all all came up through scouting and such like that. To us, that's, you know, the scout motto is be prepared. So we're always, you know, when we saw this kind of coming, we said, let's be out in front of it, let's be proactive. Because such a large percentage of our work takes place in healthcare and retirement communities, specifically mm -hmm. high risk areas. And uh, so with this, you know, we did a lot, um, and we already have uh, in any of our uh, 
work and construction inside of occupied spaces. We already have processes through general times that stay intact as far as containment processes that keep all the air. I mean, you can try to localize any dust in particular or any air stays inside the construction space. Um, but, you know, there were still times prior to this where we might have to go out and we'd schedule times to get outside of the container where we have to do a small task here or there and we'd work with the owner. With this, all of this focuses around uh, a much higher level of communication and teamwork between us and the owner. Uh, so we have, like Rob said, we have moved our, what we would call regular progress meetings, or OAC, Owner Architect Contract Meetings. Um, Usually, it's often see them bi-weekly or once a month, even. Um, and right now, uh, we have some of them that have moved up to from you know, once a month to every week. And the meetings are shorter. There's less to talk about because mm-hmm. we just saw each other, so to speak. But it's just all in an effort to have that immediate and constant open communication to constantly check on our increased containment protocols, on the, uh, the additional construction accesses isolated pathways and accesses that give our construction teams direct access from the outside into our construction spaces without having any contact with staff or residents. The screening procedures that we've implemented across all of our sites. And so it's all about just an increased communication every week in these meetings. First and foremost, the first question that we ask is, before we talk about schedule, before we talk about any costs, how is everything doing from the containment, safety, and access protocol? Is everything okay? Has anyone noticed any instances? Is everyone still feeling okay? Do we make changes? Is everything working great with your processes? Something that really resonates with what you said, and I know that, that the other ladies would like to ask you as well some questions, but the fact that you are locally owned that you are a family owned business, you are familiar with the community. So you feel like you are part of that community and you take ownership in what's going to happen. The hot spots are these healthcare facilities and many of the churches where they have to be concerned about large gatherings. So knowing that you have these protocols in place gives a level of confidence. Uh, Certainly to me as somebody in the community, knowing that you have implemented these things, you are proactive, be prepared. Absolutely. How anybody could be prepared for something like this is still paramount, but Scott motto is do your best and do your best (laughs) and, and expect the unexpected. But I feel very, very pleased with the things that you've said about the protocols that you put in place to be able to um, make sure that the safety procedures are, are taken care of. So thank you for that. You know, Deb, I think it's so interesting that you picked up on that because the other, the other side of it, which uh, it resonated with me that Will mentioned in the beginning was that that separate you know, challenge of the perception of safety. So I I really admire that you guys have the protocols and, and you even took the initiative to buy the 3D printer. I mean, that just blows me away. Yeah. I also want to comment, though, on how, um, you know, I would say it's it's definitely a best practice to recognize that distinction and that perception of safety versus actually the safety protocol. So, Will, how did you guys 
How did you pick up on that? Was that something you learned as you went through this thing? Or was that something that you'd had an experience with somewhere else? And so you were prepared for that too? Well, I mean, I think, you know, just general human nature, right? You know, everyone perceives things differently. Yeah. It's reality. Right. It definitely very much did present itself very quickly when, um, like we said, we had, you know, procedures that were in place that we had discussed even with our local health department mm-hmm. uh, and more than one occasion. And right. you know, these, these communities are also directly very involved, you know, with their local health departments being high risk and such like that. So there's open communication between really that goes from one party to another. I mean, they, you know, so with that, we were very confident in the procedures and protocols that we have in place really a step above even what should be required because our general as far as the actual safety our general focus on these procedures was you know if we should be at level four we're going to be four and a half oh that's if awesome and then going to six we're going to go to six and a half because you know we overkill i'm a fan of overkill when it comes to safety and such but even though we were confident in the actual safety of our team members and of our residents and staff members it was, we still noticed that we still found issues and, and problems that presented themselves where, you know, we were confident in the safety of, of the team members, but they didn't, if they didn't perceive that, mm-hmm. they still weren't able to come to the site. They, if they weren't comfortable with the safety of their employees, they're not going to send people out there. If they don't send people out there, then our clients are stuck with something that's half finished. And right now, more than ever, in a lot of these spaces, there are beds down, and they need these beds available in case something bad, knock on wood, does happen right. in their community. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it was production with what's happening right now. It's not just about, hey, business as usual, but they need these spaces. That's why we're there. So, keeping people moving and that perception that it's safe mm. was, you know, became almost as important as the actual safety, just to make sure that they knew that they were safe. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I'll add to that, that one of the measures that we were taking, I'm not sure Will had mentioned this, but um, was job site access. We would not allow anyone to come onto a job site until we had asked them a series of questions about, you know, had they been in contact with anyone with COVID and things of that nature. And also that we did a temperature check. We had digital uh, thermometers that we used that you one at their head and and we would get a digital temperature reading and no one whether it was a client whether it was you know a subcontractor uh, whether it's a vendor or even even employees in fact there's an interesting um story is that my brother david who of course is the owner of the company the president of the company went out to one of our job sites um wasn't a healthcare facility but another job site and um before he was allowed access to the site, the superintendent on the job, who also happens to be a, a nephew, <laughs> said, well, you know, I can't let you in here until I ask you these questions to take your temperatures. <laughs> so, That's great. So, you know, Excellent. it was basically following to the T. We, we really, you know, took it very seriously and, you know, uh, even to the point of, of having to take the temperature of your own presidents before we let them onto a job site. You know, what? you know what, you guys, this is just like best practice all the way around. I, I mean, for one thing, you guys are modeling transparency. I mean, you're communicating the information as quickly as you have it. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but what I've read recently is, is that 
Um, the vast majority of Americans trust the information that comes from their employer more than they do from any other source. So kudos to you on that. Second praise is modeling that what's good at the, at the bottom of the company is good for the top of the company, right? That incident you just shared, Rob. And, and Will, just really taking the time to, to, even if a team member is sitting out in the parking lot, to take the call and to say, okay, let's walk through this. Make sure you're you're good on what the protocol is. I mean, wow. So not only are your employees seeing that, but your subs are seeing that, your vendors are seeing that, your clients are seeing that. Just all across the board, everything about the Norman company is consistent and transparent. Excellent point, Wendy. And that's so important too. The consistency is uh, is really the key. And coming back, you know, as as businesses start to roll back and the the lifts begin to happen. Uh, consistency is going to be job number one uh, and will also protect the company from liability as well. Of course, so, we all know that that doesn't always happen, right? Um, well, <laughs> it do- I mean, let's be real. It doesn't always happen. And so then when we get a chance to talk to somebody like Rob and Will, it's like, <laughs> wow, it can happen. And that's awesome. Uh, uh, the best practice is right up front. Yeah. Before it even happens. So, you know, kudos to, uh, Kudos to you. Really, you're doing all the right things. And, um, you know, I think it's fantastic. I really do. Okay. Several points. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you have some great points. So, well, several points that I'm hearing is that, number one, uh, in addition to doing what you do and you do well with all the necessary precautions that you put in place immediately with a communication Mm -hmm. at a high level, even with the president, also, what you've done to help the community by providing the, the 3D masks to be able to, to give those to the healthcare frontline workers shows a, a, another level of compassion for what you do and for the community. That resonates very loudly with me. So um, I, I, could, I can't tell you that it's refreshing to hear how companies like yourselves have stepped above the grid to be able to provide services with confidence. And, and that is just um, something that I'm taking out of this. And I welcome the opportunity to share with other people the level of commitment that you have given from Norman Brothers Construction to help with building, remodeling, and helping our community and our healthcare workers. And I commend you. You all have been a great example of, uh, in, of innovation. Um, you know, in, in a really tough time. And um, you're a perfect example of the companies that I spoke of and uh, to many other people that, you know, I'm so proud of the American companies like yourself that have stepped up to the plate and really taken the bull by the horns and, and done things, you know, outside of the box. So. And, and Wendy, you know, I mean, you, I, I just love the panel right now. I'm just so excited. And I want to take it back to something that Karen said earlier and that we don't want to let that go, that you have hired people. Yeah. Other people are losing business and potentially losing their business completely. You are hiring people. So you're regenerated, regenerating that economic um, uh, value to the community too. So I think that that's a real valuable thing that people need to hear because everyone is struggling economically, but yet you're hiring new people, you're getting them vetted, and you're getting them at the worst of times to be able to create the best of times. 
Yeah, I would say that. I realize that that is not the norm right now, uh, you know, given just the, as I've said before, the gut punch that our economy has taken with, with this and that a lot of people are hurting. Uh, we realize that. And, um, you know, and, and like I said before, it has had some negative impact to, to our industry. But at the same time, you know, if we are able, I think the fact that we are working in the healthcare industry and that you know a lot of our work right now, over two thirds of our work is in healthcare, you know, I feel good that we're able to continue those projects because mm -hmm. that's obviously an area right now more than ever that is a critical need. You know, we need to, particularly our senior uh, facilities and so forth that, um, you know, they need to continue moving forward with their building projects so that they can be sure to have the space and the, the accommodate the, the needs that are coming out of not only this, but, you know, just the, the everyday, it's easy to forget that, you know, there's, there's the everyday illnesses and needs for healthcare that we have over and above the COVID issue. The COVID has just only been taken center stage. Mm -hmm. So just being able to continue working in, in healthcare and helping, you know, facilities to meet those needs. Um, we feel fortunate to be able to do that. So folks, I can't believe this, but it's all about time for us to end. And this has been a great discussion. I, I just wondered, Will, do you have any, I don't know, thoughts for business owners out there who are listening to this or watching this video? Do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share before we close out? Sure. I mean, again, so with all of this, you know, a lot of talks in here, a lot of our focus, right, has been on staying safe and productive. That, you know, there's the world's in a crazy place right now, mm -hmm. but it has to keep spinning safe. So, uh, I mean, I'll quote Thomas Jefferson, right? Optimism is an intellectual choice, meaning that while things start to look bad, so choosing to be optimistic and, you know, recognizing that there is a safe path forward in multiple ways and seeking that out. It's there. And if you take that stance, there is an alternative. There is an alternative way to stay safe, stay productive somehow. We were able to find ours. We had an excellent team. Um, just kind of like some things that Karen and Deborah were saying earlier that most of I mean, our, our vice president of operations, my brother, actually, Ben, he wasn't able to do it tonight, but I can very much say that most of the ideas and the innovation and really the, the close, the reason we're able to be prepared is because he was so plugged in. He had these options and we were saying, let's be prepared and we can keep moving. He was able to push through. Fantastic. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Will. Rob, how about you? Any thoughts for us and for business owners listening? Well, I, I think it's, you know, we're a small company or family company, obviously. We don't have a lot of layers of management here. So mm -hmm. it's, it's you know, we're a pretty close-knit group. Whether your last name is Norman or not, we, we have, you know, everyone here is family. So, and I think that because of that, we're able to to have a sense of agility to, you know, to be, you know, to be able to act quickly. And, you know, Will was just talking about Ben, uh, his brother, uh, who it was instrumental in coming up with a lot of these, mm -hmm. these ideas and, and being plugged in was able to be able to connect us with, you know, with the 3d printer and with, um, you know, the, he, he does a lot of his supply and so forth. So was able to really, just make a lot of things happen for us quickly. So, 
it's it's a team effort. You know, it's not just people in the office. It's people in the field that are helping to keep us safe and keep our, you know, the workers safe. And and I think, like Will said, that if you if you kind of have a an underlying sense of what you are about as a company and what your purpose is and what your values are, it's easy to tackle problems like this. Or I shouldn't say easy, but it's a little bit easier. Um, to tackle problems like this and to make sure that you come up with a plan and, and implement it. And, um, you know, hopefully everything goes well. So that's, you know, I think that's what we did. That's our secret. Is that, is that culture? Secret without- sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So Karen, any, any last thoughts? Um, you know, I really kind of said it all and, it, but, uh, it is. It's a culture of values. Mm-hmm. And I do think being in the Boy Scouts helped a lot, too, because you have to be prepared as a scout. But I do think <laughs> your culture. Will, Will, Will and his brother Ben are both Eagle Scouts. So. Oh, my gosh. And, and we have two others that work in the firm, too. So. <laughs> Eagle <Well>, Scouts. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm from a scouting family, too. So I, I know that, you know, it's it's being prepared. But. Um, I'm just amazed at what you all have accomplished. And, um, but I'm a, you know, I'm a student of culture and an employee base. So, you know, there's no question that your organization has high values and you put that to practice. And that's, uh, that's what I have to say tonight. Great. Thanks, Karen. Deborah, any, any final comments from you? Well, I just would like to add that it's obvious that your mission is a true mission of service and that that, is something that's very important to me. Healthcare, healthcare benefits, taking care of the employees from the inside out, and you all doing it from the bottom to the top and back again. So um, I feel that your your mission is a strong mission, and that your company is providing a extra valued service in our community. And healthcare and healthcare facilities are going to grow. They're going to expand and they need to be able to have the right people at the helm to help those facilities go up in the right way and to be able to provide a better home for many of them because that will be their home. So thank you for doing that. And I've so enjoyed talking with both of you and what a pleasure to meet you, Will. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you all so much. And it's been a, a, to me, it's also been a pleasure. I, I loved having this conversation with all of you and I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, Will and Rob, if people want to contact you, how would you like for them to do that? Well, they can certainly visit their website, which is just their company, normancompanyinc.com. And, um, you know, they can also uh, email us, um, which is the same with the uh, info at normancompanyinc.com. Okay, simple enough. And folks, I just want to let you know that Karen, Deb, and I offer free consults to business owners, and it's our contribution to the survival of businesses everywhere during this crazy time. You can check out the show notes and get our contact information. And this is Wendy Dickinson with Ascend Coaching Solutions with catalytic conversations, making a difference in a chaotic world. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks.